Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Oh, my friend, it is here just hours away from your first lockout. And those moments, weeks, months... Years is probably a slight exaggeration, but the time of preparation for your AFL Fantasy Supercoach and Dream Team side is all about to hit that key moment because Thursday night, your first lockout, the game that we all know and love and care so much about until quarter time, unless you're a Tigers fan, then you turn it off and go and watch Netflix because it's such a boring game. But we love it anyway because it's always fun to see Carlton lose. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. I thought Jimmy would be pretty keen. It's great to have you on the podcast, mate. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, good. Great to be back. Uh, Speaking of uh, Carlton, uh, for the first time in 2019, in a strategy podcast anyway, i got the Rain Man on. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, let's stop talking about how much the Blues are going to beat the Tigers by round. Oh, here we go. Everyone is allowed to have optimism in the preseason. Yeah, it seems unlikely. Okay, but that's fine. (laughs) Uh, We've also got Tim on. Hello, mate. How are you? Going well, thanks. All right, boys. Well, here it is. Like we said, the key moment of the preseason, so much can be done right. And unfortunately, you can also undo a fair bit of your preseason work. We want to give some advice in just a few moments to help people through these next few days or these next few hours before the first start of lockout for AFL Fantasy. It's a partial lockout with that Thursday night and then full lockout from Friday night onwards. If you want to check out all the dates and the times and the key bits of information you need. Tim's written an article that goes up on Wednesday, which is also our team reveal day, where you can go and check out what some of the panel are doing with their sides for Dream Team, AFL, Fantasy and Supercoach. But in there at coachespanel.tv is all the details, all the dates of when lockouts start, finish, it looks at that fixture, everything you need to know to make sure you don't screw up your team in the first week. Tim is there to help you out with that. So I want to get some last-minute advice from you lads in just a moment to help us navigate our way through. Also, later in the episode, I want to talk about looking for guys that are certainly unique in terms of their ownership percentage, but also guys that, gosh, there's a bit of risk about it, but I like where a certain player may be able to take you over the journey. It, it may just absolutely fall flat on its face in round one, and that's okay. I want to talk not only unique options, but some high-risk high reward players and then our patreons have got some questions in for you lads and we want to get that through speaking of patreons you can join the patreon at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel a massive thank you to nathan ayers paul erickson and shannon page just over the past couple of days they are some of the premium level patreons that have joined on and we appreciate their support of the coaches panel maybe you've jumped on as a breakout candidate maybe you're coming in as a cash cow or you're just entering into the level where you can win yourself a hundred bucks in every single format you can go and join the patreon at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel let's talk about some getting some advice for getting us through these next 48 70 to 96 hours, depending when full lockout does or doesn't land for you. Jimmy, for you, mm-hmm. what's your key bit of advice you'd share for someone kind of navigating these last few days before lockout starts? Yeah, sure. I think the, the most important thing that uh, you can do this week is uh, coming up to about seven o'clock on Thursday, um, log into your team, give it a once over, and then panic and delete everything. The advice is meant to help people, not help you. It's 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 good advice. I feel it's um, no, but look, we've we've gone through this preseason, we've done all the work, you've put your team together. By now, you should be feeling pretty comfortable with where you're at. Yeah, um, panicking is one option. Um, leaving it the hell alone is the other, and I think that's probably the way to go. Is it really the point? I, I guess with Thursday nights, that once final teams are out for yeah. um, Carlton and Richmond, if there's a late change and it affects you, certainly you probably need to go in and make a tinker to your side at that point on because you don't yeah. want to land yourself a unexpected donut. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a planned one, such as a guy you're using as a, a rolling captaincy option through Dream Team or Supercoach, it's different. But yeah. really, is there much need when you get to about 6.30 on a Thursday night if you don't have Carlton or Richmond players? Mm-hmm. Is there much point even going to your fantasy side? Oh, look, if you just want to have a good look at that thing and congratulate yourself on what you've put together for the year, then, yeah, that's all well and good. And um, Everyone's around one premier. Exactly oh. right. That's it. So, yeah, that 
look, there's no reason not to go in sure. there, but I think um, it, it is a trap to go, well, oh, maybe I could bring in this guy. Um, but I think, you know, at this point, as I said, you put in the work, it's time to, to back your gut and uh, and get into round one and roll with it. Uh, Rayman, is there that danger, though, as you look at it, though, that you actually don't just look at it, but then you start to go, gee, I didn't have Patrick Cripps, and you watch him in the warm-up, and all of a sudden the eye candy test becomes the thing that determines a, a change in your side. So as much as it should be okay to do, there are dangerous moments where even a warm-up and a player that you know that you want in your side at some point, you go, oh, stuff it. Yeah, look, I, I think it's the Relton Roberts rule from a few years ago, isn't it? <laughs> that name round one, everybody jumped on and we know how that turned out. Look, I, I think I think for me there's a couple of are you, are you, Hang advice. on, just, just before you go on, Rob, are you comparing no. Patrick Cripps to Rotten Roberts? No, oh, don't. Look, Roberts was a, definitely a better player, but, you know, <laughs> a couple more seasons under Paddy's belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's about um, the only... <laughs> so I think for me a couple of things is you see at this time of year, Twitter in particular, and, and some of the Facebook sites with people posting their team saying, rate my team or give me feedback. Sure. And really using that feedback to change their team You've just got to back yourself. You're the coach in this scenario. People that are giving you advice are generally, look, there'll be one or two that are doing it for your benefit to help better you as a coach. But to be honest, they couldn't give a stuff about your team. Yeah. So they're basically wanting you to change their team to be more like theirs because that's what they think. Mm. So firstly, just back yourself. And I think second one is just really standard advice that you can't win this thing from round one, but you can certainly lose it. Yeah. What, so, what do you mean by so, that? What do you mean by that? Because that can be like a catchphrase. You go, can't win it, can lose it, though. What do you mean by you can lose it? If you go just ridiculous uniques across every line. So uh, I think it, it's all about calculated risk, right? Sure. So uh, I think when we talk risk-reward, the, the method that I've always taken is pick on risk and celebrate on reward. So you're picking on the worst-case scenario. If this goes belly up, what's it actually going to look like and is it salvageable? So just having that plan in place. So if you're deciding to go, hey, I've put my team up online, I've got some feedback and I've now changed it completely and gone because I don't want to be in air quotes vanilla, mm. I'm changing my team to pick you know, two different pods across every line. Well, then you can actually lose it at the start of the year because you're actually going to be too far behind the eight ball that just getting back up and getting to some level of normancy just takes too much. So what you're talking about is really is that age-old, well, you need something to set your side apart from the rest of the pack. And we're certainly going to talk about some um, players that could fit into that caveat soon enough. You're also saying that the backside of having a unique is if it does not go your way, you find yourself further back from the pack. And I guess that's the risk that you've got to calculate into the selection. Absolutely. You need to plan through your get-out-of-jail-free card and what that actually looks like, but also limit your risk as well. So, you know, it's great to... The the reason there's a lot of vanilla sides, particularly from the top coaches, is because it's actually a good starting point. And it's only the start of the season. You've got 24, 30, you know, whatever format we're playing, a number of trades across the year to actually help build that team for you. So this is the foundation and you spend the rest of the year building it to be unique to to separate yourself from the pack. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and Jimmy, one of the things too is everyone chooses to play the game differently. There are some coaches that choose, whether it be by proven, tested nature, that's how they choose to coach, go quote-unquote vanilla, which is picking the guys that are highly owned, likely to deliver premium-style numbers. But then there are other coaches who love to take that high-risk, love to take the game on it, and kind of love the thrill of the risk and that plays into their nature of coaching as well. That's it. And that's half the fun of it. I think sometimes too, is, is picking those guys that you want to have in your team for the joy of owning them. Sure. Um, But in doing so, you do need to make sure, as Rob said, that that potential reward outweighs the likely risk of having that player instead of the vanilla option. Yeah. And one of the things that could be done through that is identifying who you're prepared to take on. And I know that's a a question that some Patreons have thrown our way, and we'll certainly look at that later in this episode. If you want a, a really great breakdown of what it means to take a player on, go back and check last week's podcast with Rids and Ben, where we spend a whole heap of time breaking down how you can identify the correct players to take on for you what's the right mindset what's the right structure what's the right planning and and how to identify the correct players because that's in there um tim what about for you what's some last minute advice you'd share with coaches in over these next couple of days before we get to the first of our lockouts on thursday all right so i'm a little bit 
more methodical and I'd just basically go along the uh, the planning route. Okay. So as you mentioned that article, basically just be aware of when different deadlines are, when teams are going to be announced. And if you're in different formats, if you're doing Super Coach, Dream Team, Fantasy, Draft Leagues and Ultimate Footy, be aware of when all of your lockouts are. So Ultimate Footy can have, for example, two different lockouts. They can have a weekly signing lockout as well as a lineup lockout. Mm-hmm. So even if you your team doesn't get locked for the week until the first Saturday game, you might find that you can't sign any free agents after tomorrow after Thursday night. Sure. So just be aware of those different things. Um, and then have a backup plan. So mostly with the salary cap formats heading through round one. Like for the Carlton game, you say if you know if all your Carlton and Richmond players are playing, they're not laid out, so you might not change it. But if someone that you had as say a mid premium is for whatever reason not named in the teams for one of the weekend Whatever games, reason, yeah. and your backup mid was Crips or Dusty, well, you will have to know to hop in and change that. So, so for example, you're talking about premiums, but in, in the past kind of 12 to 24 hours, someone like a Jai Caldwell, the Giants have come out and said, he's now got a groin injury, he's not going to play. Now, obviously, you've got the opportunity now to make that change, but yeah. you're talking about Thursday night, teams drop Eastern Daylight Time at 6.15, 6.20, and you're like, crap, I've got an hour to make a choice. That's now what you're alluding to. Yeah, so say if you had, like, um, who is it? Um, this young St Kilda guy, Parker. Yeah. Say if you had Parker as one of your forward rookies, he's not named, you've suddenly got 50 minutes, and you think, actually, my backup was Bolter. Yeah. He's planned for Richmond, so you've got 50 minutes to hop in and just make that. And if you know that that's your backup in that situation, you can hop in and do it and not be risking sort of fiddling with your team two minutes before lockout. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Rainman, I'm curious, you know, Tim brings up this interesting point, you know, about the conversation about backups. How far down the line do we need to have backups at this stage? Like, how deep it should that be? Should you have a backup for every premium midfielder, for every kind of breakout guy per line? Or is it just a, okay, my top three or four, maybe, for example, a, I'm going to start in Supercoach, I'm going to start an Oliver, a McRae, a Cripps, and a Fife. But if for whatever reason one of those doesn't play, I've got a backup for every one of them? Or do you just need one kind of premium? Does it depend on the buy round? How many backups? in depth you need to have for the just-in-case moment? I think it depends on, on each coach's strategy and situation. I think for me, I've got... Uh, my phone is full of screenshots of different kind of varieties of my team that yeah. I could be rolling with depending on what it looks like. But I think, you know, potentially, if you if you have one or two players in the back of your mind that have been that, hey, they've been in kind of my rolling 22, but they've just fallen out now for whatever reason... If I need to do a dramatic restructure, so let's say for argument's sake that Brody Smith doesn't get named, sure. quite a, quite a popular D3, D4 in some cases, mm-hmm. where, where do you actually go to then? So he's in that really middle range from a price perspective. So just having an understanding around, hey, if I need to go up, can I find the cash to do that? And that, does that mean somebody needs to come down or do I drop to a, a Ridley or a Darcy Moore for argument's sake? And then if I free up that 100K, what does that actually do for me? So I think it just having in your mind across all of those lines, at, at a premium mid-price and rookie level, mm. where you could possibly go if something like that happened. Yep. And what I'd put further to that too is that, um, especially with the rolling lockout in, uh, in Dream Team and Supercoach, is on Sunday afternoon, um, that last game is Fremantle versus North. Yeah. And Nat Fife, for example, um, sure. would be a popular pick um, in Supercoach especially. Yeah, definitely. If he's a late out and the Giants-Essendon game has already started before it, you've got a choice of players from Fremantle and North to replace him with. Oh, crap. So you're going to want to think about that sort of scenario as well. It might be that you've got, uh, say, Aaron Hall as a, a, a mid-priced option um, you know, or a, 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 a Mundy in your forward line. You know, whoever it's going to be, um, you know, you've got a, a rookie from one of those teams that you're expecting to play and then suddenly doesn't. Um, you need a replacement who is still available yeah. you know, from that game as well. The good news is I saw Nat last week and he is as confident as anyone could be that he's going to play on oh, Sunday. Oh, I'm sure But you're he giving is, the hypothetical. That's it. Hypothetically, if you've got players in that game and, and arguably from the, the one before it with the Giants and Essendon, mm. um, you need to, to have that backup plan for those players from the field of what's left to come that week. You've literally, by saying this past two minutes, have put nightmares into the thoughts <laughs> of every single Nat 5 owner going, 
oh crap I'm going to be stuck with Sonny Walters I just know it yeah. so th- that's... Or, or even like a Bailey Scott oh my gosh mm. yeah exactly keep yep. it, keep it can, in mind. can you go shut up I'm just changing my team no, <laughs> <laughs> the perfect response of what you should be doing right now one person says something that's so the it. gut response is you change um, panic I said before that's what you need panic, to do at this time of year delete your team Absolutely, show no sense of rationale. Change your team. That's you it. clearly had it wrong. That's it. Gamble on when that lockout's going to roll through before or after you hit the save button. Make that's sure where you're at. That's exactly where you want it to be. Shy Bolton, lock him in. You know, all of those decisions. <laughs> that's what you should do. Um, before we move on, any last minute advice from the the rest of you before we move any further on that you really think is important? We take some time on. Look, I think for me, it's just back your gut. You yeah. know, you, you you and and back your research. So. We've spent, you know, since probably October, November, going through understanding, running the stats, watching games, understanding what it looks like. Just don't do that five minutes out. Wow, I'm actually going to change everything that I think of because, you know, a, a, a nonsensical reason. You know, but back your gut. You, you've got this and just trust in yourself that you've got this to start with because you can change your team a million times as the season goes through. Back your research on what you've done with your starting team. Yeah, I mm. think that's some um, some really good advice, and uh, moves in perfectly. That if you want to try to take yourself on against the best coaches, then you need to join in the 2019 Nobel Coel. It is the Coaches Panel Coach of the Year Award. It is run by the one and only Fox, aka Dom Sheeds dad and uh, what you need to do is go and head to coachespanel.tv there you'll be able to find the groups for super coach and dream team the codes and also the open league code for afl fantasy put that in and then every single week every single round even across the multi-buy rounds the top three scoring coaches for every format you'll be awarded points for being the top three scorer in those groups and in that open league. Those points will tally up across the year. And at the end of the year, across the formats, we will be awarding the 2019 Coach of the Year. They will win for the fifth year, the Nobel Coel. If you want to go and find all the code links for that, that is at coachespanel.tv. So one of the things you need to do at some point in the year in your fantasy footy side is you need something that is going to set you apart, whether it be at, the, at a starting squad perspective or as an upgrade portion during the year. At some point, somewhere, somehow, whether it be a unique combination or a unique player's ownership, without something that sets your side apart, you will not get ahead of the pack at any way of the journey. As much as you nail the premiums, as much as you nail the mid-prices, as much as you nail the rookies, as important as that is, at some point in the year, you need a point of difference, something unique that's going to set your side apart from the rest of the pack. And to look at starting squad options, not saying you have to have that as a starting squad option, as Rayman's talked about, there is certainly a valid strategy to consider of picking the kind of a vanilla side, quote unquote, but it gives you the opportunity to add some colors and flavors as, as the kind of year goes on. But what I do want to do with you guys is talk about guys that have low ownership and also some guys that just have massive risk about them. But gosh, if it goes your way, could go very nicely your way. Uh, so Tim, maybe we'll start with you. Have you got some unique players that coaches could consider that are actually genuinely good options to start with? Because we could all go, oh yeah, ripping options. Ned McHenry, go start with him. You know, he's not playing. So it's not going to help you. So have you got some genuine ones that are going to help coaches? Yeah, so I've got a pair of guys who every way I've tried to break it down they're almost identical in terms of age position role this year ownership scoring all that jazz Hmm. so it's travis boke and david mundy in the forward line okay neither of them has more than three percent ownership in any format except i think boke maybe slightly over in dt sure they're basically one to three percent anywhere they're guys who have forward status they're both guys who coaches and People in around the club have said they're playing midfield this year. Yeah. So Monday playing midfield, Boke playing midfield. In the past, they've both averaged, you know, sort of 95 to 100 dream team, and they've both averaged over sort of 105. I think Monday even had 110 plus season in Supercoach um, playing midfield. Now I'm not suggesting they're at the peak of their careers. Obviously, they're a bit older, but they're guys who are forward status playing midfield have proven track records. Mm. Uh, tiny ownership. I mean. 
that's sort of the definition of guys who could be good who nobody owns. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Jimmy, you got any names there for us? Yeah, just um, one that I've had a, an eye on all preseason that um, to me seems fairly low risk from what I've seen of him. He's okay. got uh, next to no ownership um, in, in the formats. And this is more so a, a, a dream team pick than, sure. than the other formats, I think, um, just from the the quality of his disposal from time to time. But uh, I think more than anyone else at the club, um, Dylan Shields' arrival to Essendon mm. helps uh, helps Heppel. Ah. And so uh, I'm very, very keen on him. He's uh, priced the same as a lot of other premium or, or slightly under options. Yes. Um, but uh, his ceiling is very, very nice when he gets onto a good run. Nice. Um, I think he's uh, going to be uh, well down the list in terms of uh, copping a tag now, especially with Shield there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he can get plenty of the ball and with uh, the new rules we're seeing with that sort of time and space... In the midfield, uh, he's the type, I think, that can make the most of that. All right, fair enough. What about for you, Rayman? You got a player for me that might uh, be a nice, uh, unique option for coaches to consider? Yeah, one that I've, I've toyed with in my Supercoach side, not currently in there, but I think is a really good option, is Luke Ryan from the Dockers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, great Supercoach game. He can, he can get 100 off 15 possessions. He's kind of Alex Rance-like, yeah. like how his Supercoach scoring is scaled. JLT won. He got about 84 off about 63% game time. Uh, JLT 2 didn't do great, but really didn't. none of the Dockers did. Yeah. But his game isn't relying on kickouts. He does do that a little bit, but he intercept marks really well. I think with some of the changes that are happening at Frio and some of the big men going down, coming up, etc., He's not going to move. He's, he's locked into that back line. Yeah. And let's face it, Freo aren't going to be fantastic this year. So there's going to be a bit of ball coming in. He's going to intercept those and pound it back. And he's at a really good price for Supercoach too. Mm. So really unique starting option. I think his ownership's probably under about 2%. Um, and a pretty good buy as well. So uh, I think he could be an option for anyone looking for that really unique defender in Supercoach. I like that. Uh, before we move on to some of the Patreon questions, anyone got a, a burning player that they want to make sure they have the opportunity to share about? Whether or not be great ownership numbers and you think it's worth going for, or a guy you just go, look, it's high risk, but it's worth a crack if you've got the kahunas for it. Well, the definition of that, who I've really heard no one talk about, who I wouldn't have the guts to start, who has 3% ownership is... Uh, Someone who Saints oh. fans have been telling me has played all midfield over the preseason and trained in the midfield, and that's Jack Nunes. Oh, I love that pick. <laughs> Jack Nunes has no ownership. He's dropped in drafts everywhere. Yeah. And he's burned people in various seasons. He did have a premium back season a couple of years ago. And, you know, could you go there? Are you confident he would stay in that role? It's just that risk-reward kind of pick I think you were sort of heading for oh, there. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I'm looking for, and I love that. In AFL Fantasy is the only one I feel like I'd have confidence going for it. You could build the case for it in Dream Team Supercoach because he's averaged mid to high 80s across all the formats as, and as a forward, mm. given where his price point is. It's a 20-point jump if he could attain that again, and that's more than enough um, from what you're wanting. But, yeah, yeah, gosh, good on you if you go for it. There's a few Saints that fall into that sort of category too that uh, you think, oh, that could work, but, gee, it's hard to Are have Are you talking confidence. about the guys like Steele, Steel, Gresham? Gresham, um, Akers is another. Yeah. Um, Jack Stephen currently has 0% ownership at the moment, mm. and they've said today um, at a time of recording that he's likely to play yep. round one. Um, and we know what sort of ceiling he's got, and that early Saints draw is very, very nice as well. Oh, so don't do this um, to me. Just, to... Uh, again, to try and encourage a little bit of panic across the, the <laughs> audience here, That's um, just want to throw those sort of names out there as well. All right. Rayman, you got any more you want to throw our way? I'll throw two in. Okay. Uh, Supercoach specifically, the first one, Dane the Man Zorko. Uh, we know his ceiling is unbelievable when he gets on a run, um, but he is susceptible to a tag. Now, there's questions around what happens when Lockie Neal comes into that side. We've seen that play out a little bit. Yep. What happens with the, the McLuggage and the Berries and some of the kids coming through, Rainer running through the midfield a little bit more. Does it actually help or expose him? I don't know. But he is the definition of a risk-reward player because he can, you know, on his head, he can do a 100-point half quite easily yeah. and, you know, punch out a 170 or 180. Yeah, but he can also run a whole game and get 48 points. So and play West Coast he, round one. Exactly That's just right. what you want, isn't it? You'll yeah, find exactly. out straight away. 
Exactly. So look, he, he, I think he's the, the definition of of that kind of guy. Sure. I think I think in the forward across all formats, um, one that I'm really keen on, and his ownership's reasonably low because of um, uh, probably the main reason his face is so punchable, and that is good old Toby Green. <laughs> so we know that Tobias has has injury risk. We know that sure. he's uh, known to a brain fade. But his scoring potential can't be denied. Absolutely. And I feel like the price you're getting him at, particularly in Dream Team and Supercoach, the price that you're getting him at has actually factored that in. So factored his injury risk in because he's actually pretty cheap. Yes. So I think he's around 360 in Supercoach, maybe a bit more um, from a Dream Team perspective. But if you look at what he can actually output and on the fact that GWS are going to slaughter some teams this absolutely. year. Absolutely. Will absolutely slaughter. And it wouldn't be unreasonable to see him kick five goals, you know, seven marks sure. and 30 possessions. Yeah. So I think it's there, but, gee, there's a risk involved with it as well. Yes, it is, absolutely. I like some of those names. The fact that Dom Sheed has not been mentioned uh, brings Hi, warmth to my heart. <laughs> uh, but he, no doubt, I, without even having to ask the Fox, I would put a lot of money on the fact that he has Dom Sheed. In at very least his AFL fantasy side, if nothing else, which is fair enough too. Uh, let's get to some of the questions that have landed through our Patreon. Thank you so much to you if you're a part of the Patreon for your support and you can join the Patreon not only to support the coaches panel, but also get access to our cash cow guide. There is there with over 45 cash cows reviewed in detail from members of the panel. You can also go and check out an accompanying podcast. It goes for almost an hour with Rids myself. There's also some talk uh, if you've been listening to the podcast of the past couple of weeks where he's talked about why he's not starting. Starting Sam Walsh, there's one question that people haven't asked him that explains why, and that gets answered in that podcast. So go and check that out. Let's get to some of the Patreon questions uh, that maybe just are the same questions you have. Uh, the first question in, uh, it comes from Des, and Des wants to know, it's from all of us, so we'll start with you, Tim, then you, Jimmy, and then Rayman. It's a, give me a vice-captaincy option. It doesn't say for the format. Give me a vice-captaincy option for every single game. Obviously, that won't work for the last one, um, but I'll read the games. Uh, Carlton, Richmond, uh, Tim, who would be your vice-captaincy just in general sense? So, not particular Doesn't format. tell me a format, so just pick a fantasy player you like Crips. in that game. Jack Rewalt. Dusty. Ooh. You just went against your boy. How does that feel? Oh, I just, I was, try, I was trying to be, you know, just to mix it up a little bit and I feel really This, this is not what that podcast is this about. This is not what no. this is about, mate. <laughs> no, this is not what this is about. Collingwood. All right, Chris, Chris is the answer for everything. Yeah, we okay. go. Yeah, yeah. There You're right the first time. I will yeah. say that, but. <laughs> uh, we got Collingwood and Geelong on Friday night. Danger. Ablett. Side bottom. Ooh. Yes. Melbourne, Port Adelaide. Well, gone. I'm getting all the low-hanging fruit here. You are. <laughs> uh, Brayshaw. And Oliver. Adelaide Hawthorne. Uh, let's go. Matt Crouch. You could have just said Crouch. You've got two <laughs> players there, mate, and just got away with it. Go, Matt. Uh, O'Meara. Sloan Dog. Doggies and Swans. McRae. Sinclair. Ho. <laughs> JPK. Who's he rucking against, MJ? <laughs> Caleb Dunkley? Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Caleb Daniel. He will have 60 hitouts. Oh, it's... gosh. Uh, Brisbane, take on West Coast. Ah, uh, jeez. Let's go Lucky Neal. Oh, Fox is not here, but uh, oh, I feel like... <laughs> don't do it. Don't. Don't. Sheed. Oh! And Rayman. Uh, the yo-yo. All right, fair enough. Uh, then the last two games, because uh, if you're still running a vice-captaincy in the last game, you're doing it wrong. In fact, you're actually the kind of player Jimmy wants to play against in a league. Uh, St Kilda, Gold Coast. Jeez. You want to pick a vice-captain from there? Billings, going for the risk-reward? Yeah, it's, so if you're getting to this point, I think uh, you might not have the right idea going in, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> just to drive by from Jimmy. Oh, look. Um, but as far as ceiling goes, probably uh, Jack Stephen. Sebastian Ross. Yep. 
wits in Supercoach. That's all I'll say. Uh, GWS taking on Essendon. Um, Drawing a mental blank here. Canelio. There we go. I was trying to think (laughs) of his name. That wasn't hard now, was it? I can picture it name. What, the Giants just had that full three-minute rap video today showing how to pronounce his name and couldn't couldn't pick it. You you sure you got that right, mate? You want to get that? People would love to let us know if we get something wrong. that stupid song stuck in my head all day. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I'll go with Heppel for that. I'll talk him up before. I'll back him in. you've got to back it in, mate. And just to be different, Zach Williams. Oh, talk about being different. I don't mind that at all. That is fair enough, too. Uh, good friend Mal wants to know, could this be, and I'll throw this question over to you, Rain Man, from the Apple Isle, uh, could this be the season for mid-price madness and higher rookies, a lot of cheaper rookies' job security? Look iffy. What do you think? Yeah, I think a balance across lines, but absolutely. I think we know what defence kind of looks like. I think rookies are starting to present there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've got players like, Smith and Williams, who are pretty much discounted, that should finish pretty well high up. Uh, I guess on the on the midfield, I'm very firmly of the belief that our rookies this year are really, really thin. Yeah. So I actually think we need to spend up there. Um, and you know, people like Crouch, like Libar, like Rocky to an extent, and like I'm not going to say the name that can't be said, but we know the one I'm talking about, Fox's mate. Um, <laughs> are all potential, you know, really good picks in, in that scenario. So I think across those lines, um, I think once we talk forwards and rucks, we get a little bit thin there. So I think we're we're really targeted on primos in those lines and picking up whatever we can from a rookie perspective. Do the best with what you can get, that's for sure. Yep. A <laughs> uh, question for you, Tim. It's an AFL fantasy question from David. He says, if we're going mid-price, can he assume for AFL fantasy a similar growth over six rounds for a rookie who grows 30 points in average as a breakout gaining 30 points from a 60-point average. So I guess in in essence what David's trying to communicate is what's that cash generation look like in AFL fantasy? Are there some unique angles to look at it? Because with your cash cows, as we've talked about, the difficulties that there could be with job security and things like that, I interpret that question kind of as a, could we be looking to our mid prices, not just for scoring potential, but also as our cash generation options? Yeah, so he's basically asking if someone averages 30 points more than what they're priced at. Sure. Does it matter? Are they going to go up the same amount? Yeah. Um, look, I'm not an expert on the fantasy pricing and upgrade, but I'm pretty sure it would be about the same because that's yep. basically what people run it off in fantasy. I mean, if he's trying to work out the, the total cash generation in that... Um, I think it should be should be the same. Yeah, well, you normally t- generally need to wait for at least a week or two to be able to see uh, how the pricing works with the magic number, and, and that's when you can kind of start to put that math into effect. It's a little bit easier in say a dream team or super coach where you get those multiple rounds where it takes three weeks for their prices to change. You can kind of almost prepare for it and make those pivot moves away to be able to get, ride those break evens. But for AFL fantasy, with the price changes every week. Uh, there's a bit of a different formula involved than if you're normally used to playing Dream Team or Super Coach, um, that you've just got to adapt your game to through there a little bit. Yeah, the other thing with uh, using mid prices for cash generation that um, is is helpful to a degree is that uh, when you downgrade your mid pricer to then upgrade someone else, you you know, and say he started at three hundred, he's gone up to four fifty, mm. and you're downgrading him back down to one fifty. You're not just collecting the money that you've made on his original price; you're collecting that difference against the player you're downgrading him to. Correct. So that extra money you're putting in to start with, you get back again. It's not as though it's it's lost to your overall cap. Yeah, no, fair enough too. Uh, a question for you uh, from Paul. Jimmy, we'll throw it over to you. He says, yep. what's your thoughts regarding a Harry Perryman versus a Zach Williams for a D3? So he's gone for a very popular owned guy. Yep. This is for AFL Fantasy, by the way. Um over a guy with a scoring potential, no doubt, mm. but very, very unique. When you hear those two names, what's your initial response? Um, I love the Perryman idea. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, it, it would be a bold move, certainly. Sure. He'd have been a worthy name to come up earlier when we're talking about those high-risk options. But, uh, yeah, no, um, on face value, yeah, if you like him, go for it. All right, fair enough. Uh, Rain Man, an AFL Fantasy question for you from, uh, from Paul uh, as well. He says... Um, is it too out there in AFL fantasy to start with Ridley at D3? That We're about to get to another question about Ridley a little bit later on. Jordan Ridley, the Essendon Bomber. And Jonathan Marsh at D4. 
four. Is, is that too out there, or is is that kind of the way he should be looking to play the game? Has he been looking at my team? Uh, so fantasy, yeah, I think two trades a week, uh, price goes up every week, underpriced people that we know actually have a bit of a boost, uh, rookies being high in defence, lock it in. Is there any nerves for you? Oh, this is a random question. I'll, I'll just throw it to him in general while I'm, I'm looking at him. Is there any nerves for you when you run really deep in a line with rookies? Because you're right, Raymond, there, there's some incredible value in our back line with guys like Ridley, Williams, Smith, Perryman, Marsh, Collins. You know, these guys that we've seen them at an AFL level before, and we know that there's value in contrast to their price point. But, but Tim, is there some almost some risk if you run too deep in one line, even in AFL fantasy where you get the the multiple trades a week is, can you find yourself getting stuck in a structure? Again, you need some luck to go against you um, with an injury or two, but can you get stuck in a structure where you're too deep in a line if you go too far in? Well, it's probably sort of mitigated across the whole team rather than necessarily just one line, but like you just got to make sure it depends on the guys you pick. Like if, if you're not really confident, they've all got good job security. You know, if a couple of them start getting dropped, you have to play anyone with a heartbeat yeah, on the field right. and you might be putting a couple of key defenders on field that sure. you really preferred not to. If anyone. Well, yes. y- yeah, and, and obviously it's the hypothetical of, you know, players getting dropped, that what you've got in other lines. You know, there's so many variances mm. that, that come into play, but you're certainly highlighting a potential risk. Oh, well, Rain Man, you're highlighting the potential reward mm. um, that, that can come through there. So yeah. I, th- I think you've got... I mean, you, you might have a little bit mitigated this year because a f- lot of people have two back forwards sure. in their team. You might be able to flip one around if your one in defense isn't playing and play your forward one. Yeah, in get the yourself your 38 points from Burgess. No worries. Yeah, that's absolutely what you want. <laughs> that the other Is that for three games? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, a question from you from Sriram. Uh, he wants to know, it's a dream team question, uh, Rain Man. With the rolling lockout and the lack of cash cows, I suppose this could apply for Supercoach as well. Um, where's the best position to give away a spot for the loophole? Is it M11? Is it R3 uh, as per usual years? Or is there an opportunity to entertain an F8 or a D8 position given the lack of cows? Yeah, look, I think it's where the scarcity of rookies kicks in the most and particularly within Supercoach and Dream Team. So in Supercoach, where that format's been running for a while, I've always thrown away R3 unless there's some really good rookies present. Uh, my advice on that is if you do do that, try and buy some flexibility with that. So if you can get a, a ruck forward DPP, mm. or even I think I think there's a guy from Gold Coast who's ruck defence, which is really random. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, look at one of those guys so it opens up that flexibility for not only the captain's loophole, but the floating donut where you can move around. Yeah, and that's the important thing, especially with dream team coaches that have maybe dabbled in super coach or maybe done AFL fantasy, but dream team a new thing for you this year as coaches is the rolling lockout every single week afl fantasy you do get a couple of thursday night partial lockouts which is most notable this week there are a number of them over the next couple of weeks as well but for dream team coaches this is a new variance for you to be able to juggle through and so having a floating donut is really really important because jimmy for super coaches that have played the game for a long period of time that's that opportunity to not just put the vice-captaincy on for, for giggles and go, oh, that's what I could have got. This is your chance to genuinely have a second crack at getting a good captaincy score. Oh, absolutely. And and that double chance at it is, is priceless. It can be a bit of a double-edged sword. Sure. If you get a, a 115 from your vice-captain, you go, oh, do I or don't I? Yeah. And suddenly your, your captain gets 60. It's, yep. uh, it's not a good feeling, but, um, but it does at least give you that second chance at a a good captain score when you need it. Yeah. Um, the other R3 strategy I've seen a, a couple of coaches rolling around with, uh, rightly or wrongly, um, is picking a, an Archie Smith or a Darcy Cameron as a, a pocket cow, for want of a mm. better way of putting it, where they may not play in those first couple of rounds, but they probably do get games at some point. So early in the season, at least, you've got uh, a bench full of playing rookies, mm. your R3 aside. Um, later in the season, your other rookies may not be playing. You sure. might... Uh, be just about done and, and getting, you know, downgrading someone to the cheapest possible option you can find anywhere. Um, and that uh, ruck might be getting you some cash later on as well. All it right. may not be huge cash, but could be it something. could be something. All right, fair enough. Uh, a question from Stephen. We'll throw it over to you, Tim. He's taking on McRae and Grundy in AFL Fantasy. Uh, his midfield at the moment in terms of premiums are Trelaw, Cripps, and 
Matt Crouch, I wouldn't say Brad Crouch is a premium. He's a he certainly can score like one when he's fit, but he I wouldn't say he's a premium. He's he's a mid price slash stepping stone guy. He also has danger in Gorn. So so really it's probably five guys that he's his question is, should he upgrade Brad Crouch? Um because without sacrificing his structure too much, it feels like he, he's lacking another genuine captaincy option. Crips, Trelaw, Matt Crouch, Danger, and Gorn. Are those enough captaincy options in AFL fantasy to probably run through the first five weeks of the year? Maybe six weeks, depending on what his structure is and how aggressive he's going to upgrade off his mid-price guys, things like that. Because I think you could say Cripps, Trelaw, and Matt Crouch certainly deserve to be captaincy candidates. Dangerfield should be, and, and Gorn should be as well if he's a solo ruck. Is that enough captaincy options for Stephen? I'd say so. I yeah. mean, given Tom Mitchell's out, um, you'd sort of be in the category of people who think McRae will definitely be a clear number one again in fantasy and people who say, look, it's it's a bit open, you know, and if you're in that category, if you're not starting McRae, obviously he doesn't necessarily think he's a guarantee to be number one again. Sure. So, yeah, anyone, any one of those five guys has got to be every bit of chance of being a captaincy option. I mean plenty of choice already yeah and i think the great opportunity for steven as well is the opportunity to put the vice captaincy on patrick cripps in round one and if he comes out and lands himself like he did last year a 120 or 130 or something like that you go well i don't have to worry about this captaincy concern for at least this week Hmm. i I, I can play on he'll need to certainly bring on a probably a ruckman that's not going to score an r4 or something like that but it's not a problem for him anymore to worry about this week. And so that would be my thoughts for you, mate, is chuck the VC on Crips, see how he goes, and then see how you feel with looking at those other four. And if you don't feel confident, either change one of the four or maybe bring up another premium in. I'd suggest more of the other, though. Yeah, and he's got, what, Trelaw, he's got a Collingwood player. They've got a few sort of Thursday night games yeah, in the first I, half of the season. So. Yeah, I think I like that option, especially for AFL Fantasy, where you don't get the um, rolling lockout week in, week out. You get a couple of partials. That's really important for us through there. We'll fly through these last couple of questions that have come from our Patreons. Tom wants to know, is anyone worried about how keen Max Gorn is or was to see Braden Proust play alongside him after we had a chat with him? at the AFL Captain's Day the other day. Is anyone a little bit concerned by those comments from Max? Uh, you can go and check that podcast out, by the way, if you haven't already. Um, no, I'm not too worried, to be honest. I think um, Gorn still scores if he's got someone rucking alongside him. Mm. He may not have quite that same ceiling, but at least for the first couple of weeks, I think he will be on his own, and and from time to time through the season as well. So if he does get a, enough of those bigger ceiling games to get that average uh, well up over that 100-point mark, um, that's kind of the... The main thing, I think, to be looking at there. Sure. Um, Bruce, I don't think, is going to play week in, week out anyway. It'll be more a, a selection as needed, I think, from Melbourne on that one. And uh, This would have been the week, if ever there was a week yeah. to do it against Port Adelaide, mm. this would probably be one of the combinations yeah. to do it, if ever. Yeah, that's it. It makes sense. And um, and much as Gorn might be keen for it, he's uh, not necessarily on the match committee. And uh, those that are have already said that uh, Bruce needs to spend more time developing in the VFL before he gets a, a game in seniors again. So that um, that gives me a little bit of confidence in starting Max, and uh, so I'm happy to roll with that. All right, fair and, enough. And to be fair, Gorn pre- prefaced that by saying he would rather have 18 Ruckman in the team. Yeah, he wanted to put himself <laughs> at back pocket and on the wing if he could, and, and maybe he'd settle for 15 um, and maybe a couple of uh, midfielders there. So, yeah, look. Don't take too much of that. Um, Tom wants to know, uh, he's very keen and aware after listening to the Coaches Panel podcast, who Rids is keen to take on, but who is one player that other members of the panel are looking to take on and which is the player they're choosing to do that with? So maybe you're going to give away some trade secrets here, but who are you looking to take on and who's the player you're choosing to go with to go against Rain Man, we might start with you. Pick any of the formats you want to go for. Um, who are you going to take on? Just one player, and who are you choosing to take on with? So I'm taking on Brody Grundy mm. um, across Super Coach and Dream Team, and I'm taking him on with Scotty Life Tech. Ooh. and obviously repurposing some of that cash on another player as well. Uh, absolutely. So let me let me talk through that. So my concern with Grundy, particularly in Supercoach, he jumped ridiculous numbers last year. So 30-odd points, I think, off the top of my head, yeah. um, which is really hard to repeat. I think also he had a slightly interrupted pre-season with his foot. Um, he did get a bit of a knock in JLT2, which he looked a little bit ginger in, but more so 
I think there is a general decline in rucks and especially some of those mobile rucks um, with the 666 format. So my thoughts there are 666 talks to more run and spread. So some of these gut run players that will really run spread from a contest. And we saw a little bit of that in JLT. What that means in my mind is they're not going to be using link up Ruckman as much as they have previously. So think people like Nank who, who will sometimes be out on the wing for Richmond, Grundy who links up in the, in the midfield. I think they're going to be using some of those more outside players. So guys like Koch, guys like Sidebottom mm. are going to be more linked into this. Now the upside of Lysette said in my eyes is for the first six to eight weeks, he's going to be rucking solo. Mm. And I hear you say, Hey, but Ryder's going to be in the team. Yeah, but Charlie Dixon's not. Yeah. And Hinkley came out even today, uh, day of, of podcast, where he said, look, Dixon's at least four to six weeks away. Now, four to six doesn't mean four. It means six, right? Yeah. At, at the least. Um, so Ryder's going to play forward. So I think Lysett plays pretty much sole ruck. And they'll swap a little bit. Um, but when Lysett has done that previously, his numbers are really good. And he hasn't actually had a chance to do it a lot. Um He's done it with Nick Nat out, but kind of swapping with Lysette. But there's only been probably a handful of games where he's actually done it on his own. Mm. And in a super coach sense, averages between, uh, it was about 93. And then if you factor in the JLT2 game, where he scored 122, it bumps that average up to 100. Now, priced at 445, what I want to do is take the risk. And that's not saying that I'm not going to start, I'm not going to have Brody Grundy in my team. Sure. But by picking Lysette, who has that DPP, I'm not actually locking in an R2 that I'm actually not going to be happy with. I've, I've got that position freed up that I can swing Lysette forward and he can hang at F6, F7 all year for me if I need to. I can use him through the buys if I choose to run a Gorn-Grundy combination who mm. share the same buy and he gives me that added flexibility to be able to do that without locking in a, you know, a Jared Witts for argument's sake sure. or a, a, an underpriced Goldie or whoever it is that is going to take that position but may not necessarily be one or two ruck. That's how you think through how you take someone on. Uh, Tim, how about for you, mate? Have you got a player that you're taking on and who are you taking them on with? Yeah, well, I mean, there's obviously a few. You can't start with every premium uh, team full of premiums, unfortunately. Look, I guess the main one is probably McRae, Mm -hmm. the top averaging guy. And a bit along the lines of what Rob said, I haven't got a a quite as cool a story with a a Lysette type back in replacing him, but it's just like... His average last year was clearly the best of his career. Yeah. Um, and I just don't see upside in it. Okay. So I kind of feel like if you're picking him, it's because you think he'll do the same. Yep. Um, and I just see like so many of the Bulldogs mids now spend a little bit of time forward, mm-hmm. like McLean's going to do it. Bontempelli will always do it because he's not only just about their best midfielder, he's also just about their best yeah. forward. He's their best back pocket too, yeah, just quietly. But... <laughs> so it's like, you know, will McRae get tagged? I don't know. Um I feel like tagging started to kick back into gear yeah, a little yeah. bit towards the end of last season. Certainly. More teams started to do it. Yep. You know, the Pies did it through the finals, that sort of thing. So uh, it would only take a couple of taggings for him to sort of knock his average down a few points mm-hmm. and then he becomes a better uh, upgrade target than starting option. Sure. Per that previous question we had, I think there's enough other good captain's choices this year. I think it could be wide open with no Tom Mitchell and as part of that, be a lot of fun to sort of pick captains to uh, bet against McRae each week. So who is that you're going against? Who, right. who are you choosing? Look, it's, there's no sort of one guy okay. I'm taking ahead of him. It's just and several mid-premium You're going for a couple that. of more unique guys that can roll through there. So that's fine. If you yeah. want to say Adam Trelaw, it's fine. No Trelaw in the team. Mm, okay, going against your heart. <laughs> that's totally fine. Well, what about for you, Jimmy? Um, I'm going against both of those players okay. mentioned so far. Um, at the moment, uh, I've run with Wits in the ruck okay. uh, to take him on. Um, partly for the, the buy round, partly for the, the Suns early draw. Schmitz sure. doesn't face an actual Ruckman till round five, I think. So that um, is a little bit helpful for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, And also taking on McRae for all the reasons that Tim said and um, pitting against him, I'm starting with uh, Taranto at M7. So Ooh, running deeper in the line. Deeper in the mids. Um, and I feel like that's a, a good way to counter that. Um, as far as naming someone of my own, though, just so I'm not uh, copying everyone else's homework, I'll, um, I'm not starting Laird either. 
Oh, nice. Uh, and Sicily is the one I've got to go against him there. Boom. I like that selection. Uh, we have had a couple of questions. Uh, Johnny Coombs has asked a question about Jared Witts, and, and his is, is he a viable option, according to Jimmy. Yes. He certainly is. Um, it, and you allude to that early draw. Uh, St Kilda, still don't know who they're going to have for round one. Fremantle, probably Darcy. Yeah. Uh, it seems like Sanderlands is a bit of a, a way off at this point. Round mm-hmm. three, the Bulldogs... Bevy only knows, um, and and then round four Carlton, yeah. um, and, and so certainly um, in terms of people that get, unless Cruiser comes up fit in that mm. period of time, um, Wits will certainly have uh, the experience in his corner yes. um, a- against uh, those likely four opening candidates before they take on the Crows in round five. Uh, Kyle wants to know. Uh, I can answer this question nice and quickly for you, lads. Uh, Kyle wants to know how, a point of difference bench option for each line. Um, Kyle, to help you out, we just don't really have that luxury in, in pretty much any line to look for a unique cash cow. I, I think it, you probably are misunderstanding in some portions that your cash cows are picking who you think are the best guys that are going to generate cash as quickly as possible rather than looking for a unique option. That's rather what you should be looking for with premiums and also stepping stones and, and mid-prices. The, the only line that it feels like we've got options is the defensive line. That's the only one, and that depends on how deep you're running anyway. And may well change depending on what gets named uh, Wednesday, Thursday night. 100% that could change. We already know a couple of players mm. that have been confirmed by Port Adelaide. Um, Stewie Jew has alluded to the fact that Burgess and Lukosius, while not saying yes, he's basically said yes. Bailey... You don't um, want either of them anyway, no, surely? No, surely not. Uh, Bailey's playing uh, for the Western Bulldogs, which is great. Jordan Clark's been heavily alluded to mm. by Scotty as well. So we know we've got a plethora of options, God willing, um, but if there was a line, you were looking for some different variances for price and things. Defence appears at Tuesday night. Appears to be the option we've got through that line, but that would be my encouragement for you, Kyle. Um, and can I just say on that, MJ, mm. there might might actually be one in defence, just to throw a random name out there, yeah. which is Joyce from St Kilda. Yeah, Joycey. I actually don't mind, mind the look of the kid, and I know that uh, with Robertson going down, there's a spot there, and Marsh is probably favourite for that, but yeah. he's also been out of the big leagues for a bit. Sure. So I think Joyce, he's going to be a warm body. He's not going to crack out hundreds, but he could, you know, he could be a warm body at 50s and 60s and potentially the odd game, that he could be, if his name, he, he could just be that option. That, and that's the thing is you've got to check those team squads out to see who gets named. And, of course, if you join the Patreon, you can go and check our thoughts uh, about every single player's fantasy relevance uh, that really does classify as a cash cow that played through the JLT. You join our Patreon, you'll be able to grab yourself that. Uh, Jason wants to know a uh, question for you, Jimmy. We'll throw it to you. Uh, Jordan Ridley, does he have job security? And what's his scoring potential like? Doesn't give us a format. Sure. I, at this point, um, and Christopher Walling, of course, but I, I, I like him from a, a job security point of view. Sure. I think he's uh, nailed down that spot as well as he can at this point. Um, you know, he's played a few games over the, the last little while, and um, coming into this season, there appears to be a role for him, which is nice. So that um, appears favorable at this time. Um, as far as his scoring potential goes, um, you know, again, who knows? But uh, I certainly uh, wouldn't be expecting hundreds every week. Um, He'll deliver a few fairly average scores, as uh, a lot of backline players tend to do. Um, yeah, but he might well put out something half decent every now and then. But um, you're picking him as as much because you you're a fan and you think that uh, at the the two hundred odd thousand that he's going to cost you, that he's a better option than someone fifty or sixty grand cheaper. All right, fair enough, too. Uh, that is just about us done. Last couple of questions uh, that are coming through. Uh, this one is coming from Ben. He's gonna he's listed some names, and all I'm looking for, and he's looking for, is a are you starting them or are you not? He does not give me a format, so I'm just going to throw the names out, and you just say yes or no if you're starting them. Similar order to what we did with the captaincy, so we'll kick it off with you, Tim, in a sec. Jake Lloyd. Yes. Yes. No. Josh Dunkley. Yes. No. Yes. Jack Billings. No. God, no. Yeah, Jimmy Genta. <laughs> Tim Kelly. No. No. Yes. Brad Crouch. Yes. No. Yes. Tom Rockliffe. Uh, one out of three. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yes and a no. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was great. Well done, mate. Yeah. Um, no. No from me. Brody Smith. Yes. No. No, mostly, but yes, <laughs> slightly at the moment, but I want to change it. <laughs> Get off the fence, Rain, man. Just just pick some. Uh, and last one. Dustin Martin. Yeah, yeah, one out of three. Oh, get off! Well, it's Format. the same. The same for all of us. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, yeah, it's anything I've said yes for. I don't have him in every format, but uh, apart from Dusty. Okay. No, no for me. All right. There you go. I uh, appreciate all of the patrons uh, for jumping on and asking those questions, and appreciate you, MJ. Yes. I'm just going to throw a question to the panel if I can break script oh, for a second. Mate, of course you can. You can do what you like. Sorry, I'm not trying to be rude. Have you signed anyway. on for the Patreon right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do whatever. <laughs> okay, just, just, just direct there. But, yeah, um, right. So let me throw this at you. Thursday night, teams get named. Yep. And we now have uh, Archie Smith gets selected ahead of um, Steph. And oh, Zach I Clark. I love and it. And Zach Clark is named. I hate you. Um, and they're, they're kind of talking up in the media that McKernan is kind of by the wayside. So obviously with a smoky Joe Danaher injury, Zach Clark's the boy. So you've got Zach Clark and Archie Smith named. Do you change your ruck structure, yes or no? I'm all for it, yeah. I've been hunting for a cheap R2 all preseason and, and not liking what I've found, which is why I've settled on wits, um, which is not what I'd prefer to do with it. Um, if there is a, a cheaper option that looks like He's a strong chance to get at least three or four, you know, preferably five or six games. Then, uh, then I'm all for that. Tim, for you, oh, I'm happy to answer that in a sec. But Tim, for you, I uh, wouldn't start, wouldn't change the starting two, but uh, I might try and find the cash for R three because they're both pretty close to the rookies. Uh-huh. That, so, heck to the yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. build a backup plan. Yeah, yeah, I'd roll them both at R two and R three. I'd build a backup plan and yeah. identify who that after the second or third week it bums big time on me. Mm. Who's that stepping stone guy I'm going to sacrifice to a cash cow and go back to my original plan? Yeah. So as long as you build a contingency around it, mm. and again, if you're not the type of coach that likes taking risks like that, because it is a risk. The moment you enter the year, there are variables of injuries, players mm. get dropped, things like that. So if you don't like taking risk. And probably wouldn't change your structure off a whim like that. But if you're quite comfortable going, oh, I was thinking about Tom Rockliffe, but I don't want to change my structure. All of a sudden, you can go from Cousins up to Rockliffe with a move like that. Yeah. And now you go, man, I just know if Rocky only goes 90 over two weeks, I'm dropping him down to Cousins, Walsh, Butters, whoever it is mm-hmm. that you feel you've missed, and then go and fix up that. you got trades for a reason. You might as well use it. That's it. It only takes two trades to sort that out. Um, it's, yeah absolutely worthwhile in my opinion you yep. see equally you could do it the other way of course and then just plan to trade down to the 100% you mm. could 100% you could it's a bit different in fantasy where you kind of lose that cash generation but yes absolutely you can do that after the week the, yeah. the first three trades you make are more than likely correctional trades or injury force trades every single year there is without doubt a guy you go yep got that wrong didn't I mm. uh, missed that cash cow or didn't realize they'd get that role, or Taylor Adams, like last year. Well, you've had a role change, haven't you, mate? Or, yeah. or a Zach Merritt, you're dropping cash like crazy. I'll get you 150k cheaper later. Your first two trades of every single year, without fail, should be planned to be used of, oh crap, I made a mistake. And that's okay. Hmm. It's totally okay. Run the gauntlet. Does that answer your question, Rain Man? Yeah, I think there's another answer to that question. <laughs> cough, life it. Cough, F5. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's your new player of the year. That's fine. I like it. I think all of those have merit too. Mm-hmm. All of those strategies and structures have merit. You've just got to choose to play the game the way that feels the most comfortable for you, that helps you get to your goals and objectives. And yeah, there's no right and wrong way. Well, there is a wrong way, but there's no, there's multiple right ways. It's, I was saying this to someone the other day, uh, you know, through our, one of our Patreons, I was chatting in with them and saying, it's very much like finishing high school. There's a normative way of doing it to get to your dream job, which is via university and off you go. But there's a lot of ways to go through TAFE, through apprenticeships, through just going and getting a job, doing something else, coming back as a mature age student. At the end of the day, there's multiple ways to get wherever you want to get to, as long as you're smart and you plan, you prepare and you execute. Just my thoughts anyway. 
Very yeah, nice. bang on, mate. There you go. Hey, lads, appreciate your work this preseason. Um, some massive work from you, Rain Man. Appreciate that, Jimmy. You good self. Heaps of work. And Tim, as always, man, uh, an incredible amount of work. Thank you, lads, for your great work on not only this episode, but right throughout the preseason. Some nice work from you, lads. Cheers. Thank you. Likewise. Uh, of course, uh, if you want to go back and check out all the other podcasts, you can go and do that via Spotify and iTunes. If you've enjoyed either 50 Most Relevant, the Strategy Podcast, one of the great ways you can support the coaches panel is by leaving a five-star rating and review. Helps uh, certainly us move up the charts, but also helps others discover what you already know to be about the coaches panel. There's some exclusive content that you can go and grab now. Jimmy's Draft Rankings, the Cash Cow Guide and Podcast, uh, and some in-season podcast content, uh, some um, match day fantasy uh, advice. There's a heap of stuff. If you want to join the Patreon, get some of that exclusive content and help support the coaches panel. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel. And over the next 48 hours, depending on when you're listening to this, team reveals land from the members of the panel at coachespanel.tv. Some articles with some last minute advice and a new way of doing captains. That all lands in the next 48 hours. Good luck. I hope this is the best fantasy football year you've ever had. And we'll chat to you on the other side of round one. 